Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dumb's Hit Music Station, F104, Louise Ty here with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined on the phone by author of Exciting Times, Nisha Dolan. Hello, how are you? Hey Louise, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So can I just ask you, have you always been writing? Is it something you've always done? Because I'm quite a literal person, I tend to answer that with like, well, yeah, I went to primary yeah. school and based set <laughs> of stories there. But I suppose I have sometimes done it in my free time, but yeah. I never had an overarching vision of myself as... Um, a capital letter the writer yes. <laughs> so it's just a thing that I enjoy really so when did it turn into oh my god I'm going to write a book it didn't really I just wrote okay. one and then oh, found wow. that I'd done that so tell me you used to work and live in Hong Kong is that where the idea from the book came from I suppose it depends on what you mean by that obviously it reflects the place that I lived while I was there because the alternative would be making up a setting from nowhere but um, in terms of the characters and the plot and what happens between them that's all made up. So tell me a little bit about the plot of the book. So it starts with a young Irish woman named Ava who goes to Hong Kong to teach English Mm -hmm. and finds herself drawn to an emotionally unavailable male investment banker named Julian in what wasn't around in the general vocabulary at the time, but I think sums it up perfectly, a situationship. And then while he's away, she enters another connection with a Hong Konger named Edith, who I think in some ways is quite similar to the both of them, but Mm. is a more earnest person. So that takes place on far more straightforward terms. But then the conflict becomes which way of being with people should she choose and which associated person should yeah. she choose. So it's sometimes referred to as a love triangle and when you don't have many words to get the plot across, that makes sense. But the conflict isn't that either of these partners necessarily think that monogamy is the only way. It's more their preferred modes of attachment are so different that it ends up a choice. And did it take you a long time to write the book? Um, not really. It took about five months for the first draft mm. and then I dipped in and out of it here and there because I tend to be quite sporadic in my energy levels. I kind of turn myself into life for a while and then yeah. I'll completely shut down. So I kind of write around that. 
But that's probably a good thing too, because then you're kind of detaching yourself slightly from it to be able to come back to it almost fresh. Yeah, like I won't say which bits because I don't want to. No, don't do that. that. No. But there are definitely bits that I see now and like I could still edit, but you reach a point of diminishing returns after a bit with all that, obviously. But that's the thing. Like I think as an artist or a creative person, you will always find something that you're like, oh, I could have done that better or that should have been that. You know, there's always going to be something when you go back to it. Yeah, and a lot like, of it is just know. subjective. Like, yeah. I read it and I think of places that I could have made another joke, but then I also <laughs> think maybe there are too many already. It's always a trade-off of just creating a different kind of impression as opposed to it being better or worse, necessarily. So this is your debut novel. Yeah. How does it feel that it's finally out? Um, I don't know if I have feelings yet. Feelings take me a really long time because it's this cognitive thing where I have to catch up <laughs> on all the input first and I've just had so much of that. So I'll get back to you in a couple of years and how it feels, I think. And I suppose in the situation as well that we're currently in, it's probably a different sort of book launch for you, really. Yeah, and then it's so contextual as well. Like, mm. I think once I've acknowledged I have a really hard time shelving it back again so obviously the general situation is you know weighing in as, as much for me as it is and anyone else despite That's all the, the immediate life stuff and do you find you're writing more in the current situation or do you, would that be something you would do kind of almost to always be writing I think normally it is definitely a coping mechanism for mm. me but I need a certain amount of mental energy that I don't have right now because my bar for a normal level of socialising is really low compared to a lot of people's, I think. So all the promo stuff has just tired me out a lot, but I still try to get a couple of paragraphs every day just because then I'll have something to come back to when I'm feeling a bit more invigorated, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And is it something that you're looking ahead to, to maybe do another book or something in the future? Yeah, well, I'm under contract for the second novel and I have one written, but a very preliminary stage of edits and I don't know if I want to bring that to my publisher and yeah submit that as book two it's getting me down at the moment so I'm currently working on a third one that's a bit more upbeat and I honestly don't know what I'll do will I finish the third one and then give them that one or will I get back to the second one we'll just see but it's definitely nice having the wiggle room and no immediate rush yeah absolutely and I suppose something to to work on and write while we're we're sitting indoors I suppose for quite a bit of time yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and I suppose would you be a reader as well would you read a lot yeah way more than I write and I'm really confused as to how anyone how anyone writes a book without reading a lot because to me you can only make books out of the collected impressions that you got from other books so I suppose what you try to do is read as much as you can so that you have a good sample to draw from yeah very true so what have you been reading um, right now, I'm reading The House of Mirth by Edith Warden, who's one of my favourite social observers, and I love how she calculating women, but shows us why they have every reason to be calculating and they need it to survive. So it's a female take on the Becky Sharp kind of figure. Yeah. And then I've been reading a lot of Japanese women writing lately too. Oh, brilliant. So a bit of a mix. And I'm dipping in and out of short fiction too, often enough just whatever I see posted online but yeah I was I about to ask actually if you if you dip and dive into books because I tend to well at the moment anyway I'm kind of I'm 
half reading one and then I'm reading another bit of one. I'm like, is that something you do? Yeah. Yeah, like, I think they're just and it's always a trade-off between intensely becoming familiar with one versus giving yourself the chance to discover new ones. Yeah. And I think short fiction especially, or just reading a couple of chapters of a novel is a really good way to just get a flavour of whether it's for you. Like, I think one of my favourite ways of promoting any novel, including mine, is to just put excerpts up, and it's a really easy way to let people decide if it's going to be for them. Like, I'm quite sure that there are people who will read the ones of mine that are online and go, this definitely isn't my thing, and that's completely fine. I think it's best to approach work on its own terms yeah and I suppose it's all subjective anyway you know it's always yeah someone you know no one's going to read your book and take it in any one way everyone's going to have their own thought on it I suppose or thought or I suppose experience with it maybe yeah and we all read for very different reasons yeah like I think I read more often to try to understand other people than to feel understood because the book that's best captured my internal monologue is like convenience to a woman or something that was just a bit baffled by human behaviour. So when books outline the character's feelings in these really articulate and sensory heavy ways, I'm like, oh wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. But I don't really see myself in it. But then other people might read those books and like fly along with them. So it's all like you say. That's the thing, absolutely. So Exciting Times is in very good bookshops and also you'll get it online, I'm sure, at the moment with bookshops being closed. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of Irish indies are really out hard and trying to speak to people and stay afloat. The gutter, books upstairs, Alan mm. Hannah's. So. so there's quite a few places. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really nice to see. I love the gutter's Twitter, especially because they often post pictures of the book posts that they're sending out. It's nice to see what books people are buying with different books. It's a bit more the Amazon recommended thing. Yeah. Brilliant. There's like connection there with them. Amazing. And how can people keep up to date with what you're up to? Um, my Twitter is fairly reliable and mm-hmm. my Instagram too. And is it Nisha Dolan on all social media? Yeah. It's a bit easier for Irish people at least. N-A-O-I-S-E. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me. Thank you, Louise. Have and a lovely Sunday. You too and best of luck with it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.